Welcome to this week's episode of Technology Translated. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kendra. We are happy to continue on with our summer book club here at Technology Translated. We hope you have a copy of Small Teaching Online, Applying Learning Science in Online Classes by Flower Darby and are following along with us this summer. If you haven't started reading yet, please feel free to jump in at any time as we talk about the topics Darby brings up in this important work. Today, we will stay focused on chapters two, three, and four. Chapter two is titled Guiding Learning Through Engagement. It starts out with a deep dive into the concept of meaningful assessment. Much research has been done on what students consider to be meaningful learning, and the conclusions are very interesting. Meaningful assessments, according to students, were projects where the student engaged with the project over time incrementally. And this is kind of goes back to what we were talking about from that first chapter with, with seeing the big picture at the end. These meaningful projects were the ones where students received feedback along the way from both professors and peers with milestones leading to a finished work. There are a number of techniques offered in this chapter for helping students along the way as they work towards achieving the learning outcomes for the course. For each technique, Darby offers a description and examples for how this might look in the higher education classroom. Some of these techniques include breaking down complex tasks, releasing content strategically, scour class interactions for cues, and provide module discussion highlights. I appreciate how practical this chapter is. I don't currently use all of these strategies, but I have done some. I have broken down final projects into multiple assessments that build up to one larger assignment and have adjusted how and when students can access course modules. It takes some time up front to think through how to rework those things, and sometimes you have to go back and tinker with it um, and anticipate those student questions. But ultimately, I felt like the students have appreciated the efforts, which is encouraging. I agree. I've made videos highlighting what I want students to get out of module, but I haven't done recaps before, and I'm thinking through what that might look like and if that real-time feedback might be helpful in online courses. Moving on to chapter three, uh, it's titled Using Media and Technology Tools. This chapter starts out with some words of warning. Darby cautions faculty to be sure they are selecting the right tool for the right purpose, which is, of course, something that's very important to us here at Technology Translated. It can be easy to get distracted by the shiny new object, but no matter how cool that technology is, it needs to be complementary and support learning, not distract from it. Yes, I love the suggestions in this chapter. Um, they were focused more on engagement than the tool itself. Some of the suggestions were to create short lecture videos and pair online content with assessments and also provide short recorded announcements throughout the course and use existing high quality media to supplement traditional course materials. This chapter also gives many suggestions for creative uses of technology that most faculty have available, such as Zoom, Quizlet, Google Docs, and more to better support students along their journey of taking your online course. Yeah, I've sometimes hesitated in making content like the videos, and I know our colleagues have also hesitated in this area because it takes a lot of time to create a fully produced high quality lecture video. 
But this chapter really emphasizes that that isn't always necessary. Students appreciate engagement even in imperfect forms. So, I mean, we are the subject matter experts and we are supposed to be guiding the students through this online time together. And this chapter seems to really drive home the need to engage in whatever ways are possible, even if they're not shiny and glossy and perfect. Yeah, and I think um, we talked in our episode about Flip, which I think is episode three, kind of how you can use that to throw up these really quick micro lecture videos without having that stress of having to produce this beautiful green screen video. Um, I've also used Screencastify to demonstrate concepts when I really don't want to be visible on the screen and uh, a visual learner just kind of needs to be walked through an assignment more or or their next steps. And those videos really do make all the difference. I get a lot of views on them. Yeah. Moving on, chapter four is called Building Community. Ah! I think this is the one that is traditionally viewed as very difficult to do in online courses, but it's so important. I know. We always hear from students, like, they they take our online courses because they fit with their schedules, they're working, they're parents, um, but then they miss this community and they have a hard time kind of keeping track or feeling like they're a part of something. The theory that Darby shares with us behind why this is so important is something called a community of inquiry. Researchers built on the work of Lev Vygotsky to identify three types of presence that makes an educational experience effective. Those include cognitive presence, social presence, and teaching presence. Darby shares much more about this research and what it looks like in the classroom on pages 79 and 80 in the book, and it is well worth the read. So there should be a lot more in an online class than just a bunch of readings and YouTube videos, huh? For sure. Thinking about how students interact with each other, with their instructor, and with the content is a really interesting practice as a course designer. I think sometimes it can get easy to do the same thing semester after semester, and I'm definitely guilty of that, especially when you feel like you're running out of time. Um, Looking at these elements and taking these things into consideration when laying out course activities and assessments throughout the course can really make a big difference in how a student perceives their learning. And it might help them feel more connected to one another and to the material. I also liked the ideas in this chapter that were really specific for how to create the framework for this type of engagement. Wanting this type of engagement to happen and actually creating space and opportunities for it to happen are two very different things. For it to work, you really, as the instructor, have to be strategic with how due dates are structured and what tools will be used when and the frequency and types of feedback provided along the way. Thinking through when an instructor needs to show up to class was a really interesting point in this chapter as well. Too much silence from the instructor between assignments or modules can really be a turn off to students, especially if they're not getting feedback or timely grades on their assignments. It defeats the purpose of that scaffolding. I had not really thought of it from that perspective before, but I do try to be as present as possible in an online course. There are some other considerations for building community in the classroom. Um, Some of those are instructors need to think through what parts of their personality to share, for instance. We aren't robots, but we also aren't students' friends. So to get it right really requires some thought. 
Cultural inclusion is another great section of this chapter that provides suggestions for how to make all students feel a part of the classroom community, modeling appropriate communication techniques for students, moderating discussions, and knowing what support structures exist at your school for students who may approach you needing assistance are all great ideas that are shared. Yeah, those are some great best practices. Um, the chapter closes with a call to action to create a culture of caring in our classrooms. One aspect that really struck with me with this idea was um, that it needs to be much more explicit in the online space. There are so many ways in a face-to-face -face class to express it, like in that chit-chat time before and after a class is starting and, and finishing. But when you're in the online space, you're missing out on that nonverbal communication or cues. So it may just take a little more thought to execute that well. I agree. And we'd love to hear from you some ways that you've kind of tried to incorporate these practices and create community in your online classes. We, of course, are going to continue this conversation in our Discord. We will have that linked. And this has been this week's episode of Technology Translated. Check out the show notes and resources on our website for more information as well as that Discord. You can find our website at technologytranslatedpod.com. We're so glad you can join us, and we hope you found something useful today. Tune in next week. Mm -hmm.